Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Thank you so much for joining us once again this week. My name is Tony Colombo here in studio with our producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews. Bo, how are you, my friend? Buddy, I'm doing fantastic, and we finally got to go to a shooting event. Yeah. I had so much fun at the shoot for the troops uh, for the Joshua Chamberlain Society. And uh, I can't thank you enough for coming out there. Boy, and you brought a case, a case of shells. Hey, that was man, awesome. I was ready to shoot. You, I wanted to keep shooting. You were the one ready to go. I was just <laughs> well, getting warmed up. What a great event. Man, that it was, was so much fun. We had a lot of fun. And what an awesome event. What an awesome organization. Most people, I think, are familiar with the Joshua, Joshua Chamberlain Society. Um, if you're not and you're looking for a charity that helps troops that helps veterans particularly veterans that have been seriously wounded while serving that's what the joshua chamberlain society is all about and i was very proud to be a part of that event bo i know you were too it was great to go out there um we were reminded immediately or at least i was how rusty um, I was uh, with my uh, with my shotgun. Although Still a better by the shot end, than I was. I was no, feeling, you were fantastic. We were feeling a lot better. By well, I was uh, I was horrible at the beginning, but uh, we were starting <laughs> to get at least uh, uh, moderate by the uh, by the end of the uh, by the end of the afternoon. But boy, oh boy, I, I was rusty. I didn't I didn't get skunked on any round. They sent twenty five uh, clays out each round, and I didn't get skunked on any of them. But uh, boy, there was one I just got one. Or yeah. two. It's I like, I wow. am not. Yeah, I I had never done the scatter shot like that before. We yeah. um, we don't have that those kind of resources. So I'm used to like saying pull the clay goes out and you shoot it. Maybe Annie Oakley style if you're in if you're, <laughs> right. if you're competing with some friends or whatever. But having to shoot twice and then try to reload and then shoot to all as it's just going all over the place. And I did not have the pattern memorized at all. I was, yeah. I, at first, they were coming from six directions, man. I was it was just all completely over. completely confused. I'm like, there'd be, it one would go and I wouldn't even ever, I would have never even seen it. It had land on the ground and I'd have been like, did one go? And they was like, yeah, it was over there. <laughs> and I, was like, I never even saw it. 
But yeah, yeah we'll talk a little bit more about that event as, as we go through uh, the show and today's podcast. Um, we're also going to talk to. We had a great opportunity to catch up with Corporal Todd nicely at that event, and uh, we yeah. got to you know uh, compete with guys like John Mabry, the former St. Louis Cardinal player and coach. So um, we're going to talk more about that event as we go through the show today, and uh, as I said, like I said in, in the podcast, a little bit later on. Right now, though, I wanted to get on the phone with us as we do every week and start the show with our good friend Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory. Aaron. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you? Cannot cannot complain. Um, I'm going to do two things at once here. Uh, a little bit later on the show, we are going to have a guest on who uh, specializes in and, is, and has uh, put out uh, some information about all the different laws in in the different states, in the different um uh, uh, communities all throughout the country, so you know that where you're at or where maybe you're traveling, you, the gun laws. So if you're going to be traveling with your gun or if you're maybe thinking about moving to a particular area, you can get all of this information about the gun laws uh, throughout the country. And Aaron, um, that's kind of the roots of this radio show. We, we at the beginning of this show, we used to talk uh, a whole lot about things like gun laws and particularly knowing um the importance of of knowing the laws if you're going to be if you're going to put a gun in your car and you're going to go on vacation you're going to travel a long distance uh it's important to know and and people would be surprised at at how different the laws can be just a, a few miles apart from each other so you're you're kind of an expert in that area as well um highlight the importance of 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 that type of knowledge and we'll be able to provide some of that a little bit later on too Right. So, you know, we have Illinois right across the river. So, you know, that's always been a big factor where we, we, we couldn't carry over there at all. And then they kind of dialed it back to, well, if you have a concealed carry permit from Missouri, you can conceal carry in your vehicle. But once you go outside of your vehicle, you, you know, you can't have it. So Illinois is the biggest factor for us on the Missouri or on the St. Louis side of the state. When you go over to the Kansas City side, you know, Kansas is great. Um, Oklahoma is fine. Arkansas is fine. But, you know, Illinois is always, always an issue, uh, at least for me and a lot of people I know, because we find ourselves over there for one reason or another. And there's no such thing like people think that if they have their Missouri CCW, if they get pulled over in New York, they can say, oh, see, I got all my paperwork right here. That paperwork's not going to do you any good in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And New York is just a. A whole New York, New Jersey, uh, Massachusetts, that's just absolute insanity. I could not imagine living up uh, in any of those border states. And you hear about people like that went to New York and their flight got diverted in there, and they happened to have a firearm with them that was legal in the state they came from, was legal in the state they're going to, but because they got diverted into New York because of weather, uh, now all of a sudden they're a criminal. Or they have a high capacity magazine, even though it's empty, and now that's that's an issue. So, uh, I believe, um, oh man, John Stossel was that right? John John Stossel. John Stossel, that's exactly right. John Stossel did a special on that very topic about you know going into these highly regulated states, specifically the Northeast. Uh, myself, I've been found like when I go to New Jersey, we go to Philadelphia. And we've flown into New Jersey because it's cheaper by, 
several hundred dollars a person to fly into New Jersey, and you could have your firearm, you could have the high-capacity magazine, because your journey does not begin and end in that state, but you cannot have the hollow points that go in the gun. Mm. And it's like, what's the point of even bringing, bringing the gun? And, you know, I'm not going to ship a box of hollow points out to a friend's house or to a family's house for me to get, you know, that's just too much prior planning. And so it's just, it's just a mess. So these laws are really set up where they just kind of discourage you in some areas from even carrying. Yeah. No, I've never, I've never had a, I've never had a problem uh, being pulled over with a firearm or whatever. Uh, Aaron, have you or anybody, you know, and, and what happened during that, uh, let's say traffic stop? Oh boy. Here we, the, J, he's got, Aaron's got a couple great stories, so oh. strap in. Oh, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, um, the, 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 the best one was me and my wife, we were coming back from Lake of the Ozarks. We got pulled over and, uh, you know, kind of a casual pullover, if that can be a thing. Like he pulled behind us and he just kind of motioned for me to pull over. Uh, no lights or nothing. So I, you know, pull over. I'm like, what's this guy want? And uh, he walks up. He's like, yeah, I don't know if you were on the 65 side or the 50 side of the line, but you were doing 70 mile an hour. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you got your your driver's license on you. Now, I always, when I get pulled over, which is very rare, I think this is the last time I got pulled over, um, I had my driver's license, my CCW permit, proof of insurance, um, you know, and I just handed it all to him at once. And uh, he looks through it, and he sees I have a CCW permit, he's like, do you have any guns in the vehicle? And my wife look at, look at, you know, we look at one another and I go, yeah. And he goes, where are they? And I go, well, I've got a, you know, clock in my door. I got a clock on my hip. I have like a center fold down, like six feet uh, in the front of my pickup truck. And I had a clock right. in there. And then my wife had her <laughs> shield and her revolver. And um, so I tell him, you know, about those. And he's like, do you, do you have any others? And I was like, well, on the back seat of my pickup truck, I've got my 12 gauge and my AR-15. And he's like, I got a really important question. And I'm like, sure, what's up? And he's like, do you have to reach it near any of those firearms to get your driver's license? And I was like, no, I don't. He goes, well, where's your driver's license? I said, it's in your hands. So at this point, my wife gives me a business card, and I give him a business card. And then he goes, oh, they Got it. Makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. What can I get a blue label Glock for? And I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's it it's but it, it but it just just goes to show that you need to know the the laws and the rules, especially if you're going to be traveling. Even if you're not traveling long distances, if you're if if you're going in and out of zip codes, essentially, you know, you, it's good to know uh, that information. We're going to talk to uh, Jacob Paulson. Uh, from Concealed Carry Inc. a little bit later on in the show and get some of those uh, some of that information from him. So I'm looking forward to that. Aaron, uh, in the few minutes that we have left here, what's the latest at Southern Armory? Got uh, got more ARs coming in, uh, ten more, so you can get those uh, Glocks. We, you know, I lied to everybody last week. We had one Glock 19 make it to the wall. <laughs> yeah, you said you didn't think any of them would make it. That's funny. Yeah. One made it, it was to there the for wall. two minutes. How, yeah, how long was it there? I, by the end of business, it was gone. So not even, not it didn't even spend the night on the wall. <laughs> no, I didn't the wall. Uh, That's funny. But, uh, I, I walk into the shop, you know, and I'm heading to the back to fix some guns, and some guys up there talking about this Glock 19 and how he doesn't know if it's the right one. Maybe he'll come back in a few days. He's got to get his license, and he's got to get this and that. And uh, I just looked at him, and I said, hey, man, I go, I got news for you. That will not be here by the close of business. Hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? 
And I'm like, that gun will not be here by the close of business today. And I'm surprised there's even one on the wall. And the wife goes, yeah, I am a little too. She said, well, we did. We ended up actually getting like six or seven of them. Uh, we got we got the initial four or five from one wholesaler, and then another wholesaler kicked us some. Um, so we we ended up with one on the wall, and I was like amazed. Couldn't yeah. believe it. Um, so ammo was flowing. We had people coming in going, you have ammo? And it's like, yep, sure do. Uh, 940, 45, 5.56, 223, 22 long rifle, 308. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got some 380, and uh, 380's been historically hard to even get right now, but yeah. we've been uh, getting it in. Um, 38 Special, 357 Magnum is still eluding us. We had an interesting gun come in right around like 5 o'clock, 4.30 uh, on uh, Wednesday. And uh, I was going to do a live stream, but I was just like, I'm not going to mess with this. Let's just get this gun uh, running. Uh, a gentleman went to a uh, farm and home store. We're not going to name any specific names and said, hey, I've got a Model 627-something or another. I don't even – it's really bad. I don't even know what it is. It's a 38 Special is what it is. It's a little J-frame revolver. And uh, the guy goes, yep, these are the shells you need right here. And gave him 38 Super. The guy got Oops. them to fit uh, somehow and then uh, got to shoot the gun twice. And then on the third time, pulled the trigger and everything seized up. Um, the primer was blown back into the, the back of the, uh, the frame of the firearm. And so I got that out of the way. And then uh, now I'm trying to figure out what's up in the forcing cone. Mm. Uh or scoped it. There's no bullet in there, uh, but uh, it's just so full of stuff that you know can't get it to rotate. So that's going to be a project uh, as well. You know, I, I you should put some of that on on the Facebook page. We've talked about the Facebook page, the Southern Armory Facebook page, many times. A great place to go to get information, watch videos about cleaning guns and building guns and and all that stuff. Uh, we got to wrap it up, Aaron. But uh, if people want to find you, take advantage of that uh, ammo that you have in stock. How can people find Southern Armory? Yeah. So you can come in and see us at Southern Armory. We're located at 9901 Watson Road, one mile east of 270 and 44. Southern Armory on Facebook, Second Amendment News Podcasts on Facebook, and, of course, SouthernArmory.com. SouthernArmory.com. That's SouthernArmory.com. And that's Aaron Tarlow. Aaron, thanks, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you same time next week. All right, talk to you again. Bye. You bet. All right, let's take a quick break. Like I said, we'll talk to Jacob Paulson a little bit later in the show about uh, getting some knowledge about the different uh, conceal and carry gun laws throughout the country. And we'll check in with Sheriff Dave Marshak, the sheriff of Jefferson County, when we get back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus in America too. 
Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews. Want to remind you that we put out two podcasts of this show every week. We put out the radio show podcast that you're listening to right now every Friday, so you can actually get the show before it airs on the weekends. And then on Monday we put out a podcast exclusive. It's a little deeper conversation that uh, we have each and every week that you can only get by downloading that podcast. You can get uh, both podcasts just about anywhere you get podcasts, but I recommend the radio.com app because once you get the radio.com app, you can not only get the podcasts of this and every other show on the station, but you can also stream the station 24-7 and you can rewind live radio with the new radio rewind feature. A lot of cool stuff there on the radio.com app, so go and check that out. And in fact, when we uh, do our podcast exclusive this week, we are going to be talking to Mike Marfell, the fisherman, about uh, some of the changes in the weather and the seasons and how it affects fishing and his latest experiences in the tournament that I think he was just in at the Lake of the Ozarks. And so we're going to talk a whole lot about fishing with Mike Marfell on the podcast exclusive. And anytime we're talking about fishing here on the show, it's brought to you by Bluff City Outdoors over there in Alton the perfect place to stock up your tackle box, whether it be for the big catfish gear, uh, bass and crappie lures, spoonbills, nagging needs, live baits, anything that you need uh, to make sure you are ready to go out on your next fishing trip. They have you covered at Bluff City Outdoors. Uh, Learn more and check them out at bluffcityoutdoors.com. Right now, as I mentioned uh, in that last segment, joining us on the line is our friend, the Sheriff of Jefferson County, Sheriff Dave Marshak, is back back on the show. Sheriff, thanks for your time today. How's it going? Good day. No complaints. I uh, hope all you guys are doing well. Yeah, you bet. You know, go. I, I, I wanted to ask you right off the bat, there's obviously some uh, issues I want to talk to you about, but um, I've, I've often wondered this, and I've said a million times to myself, I'm going to ask Sheriff next time he's on this question, next time he's on, because it's kind of an evergreen thing, and I never get to it, so I'm going to lead with it this time. What is the difference between... Uh, obviously, you're an elected official serving as sheriff, but besides that, when it comes to just the job of law enforcement, what are the biggest differences between being a sheriff and being a chief of police? Uh, I think probably the biggest one is I'm not subservient to a county executive or mm. a leadership council that uh, I truly represent uh, the people that I serve. I'm an elected official, as you said. Uh, every four years that comes up, this uh, this cycle uh, I am unopposed, so I'll be serving Jefferson County another four years. Um, but uh, I will tell you that uh, the beauty of my position, despite the fact that I have to run uh, a campaign, is that, um, again, I have an opportunity to talk about law enforcement in a different way, uh, share my opinions and insight on law enforcement, and it doesn't have to be vetted through a mayor or somebody else. So we truly represent the people that we serve in this capacity and uh, I think it's a it's a great opportunity for people to learn about the sheriff's office uh, and the sheriffs that serve in the state of Missouri and around this country, uh, because they are responsible for protecting the rights of people and certainly the Second Amendment and uh, protect the Constitution. And that's not something you hear a lot of police chiefs talk about sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And do, do your office, sheriff deputies and, and, a, and a standard, you know, police officer, um, basically do the same things it's just a different way that that particular area 
um, handles their law enforcement, or or is there a a difference in the job? Is there different responsibilities for a sheriff's department and a police department? There is. You know, I mean, we're kind of unique because not only do we have uh, are we a full service law enforcement agency, uh, we're also responsible for uh, things like civil process, prisoner transport. We run a 334 bed jail facility. Uh, and so we do have additional responsibilities outside of what's typically thought of in terms of law enforcement. So we've got a wide range of responsibilities, and uh, we're the primary law enforcement agency for Jefferson County. Gotcha. I got a question for you, Sheriff. Uh, were you the little boy that when somebody said, what do you want to be when you grow up, did you say a police officer? Or did you say, uh, seriously, I mean, did you have that in your mind early on in life? I was always drawn to the uh, position, for sure. Um, you know, I, I've always been involved in service, and Law enforcement has really given me an opportunity to do a lot of different things. Um, you know, I served in different roles and capacities, whether it would be on SWAT team uh, or in the detective bureau. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, I have no regrets. It's been a great experience uh, over the last almost 30 years now. And who, do you, who inspires you and who looks up to you or who do you look up to in, in your field? You know, I have a lot of mentors, um, and I think it kind of depends on what the topic is. I learn from so many different people at different times, um, and I think that it's healthy to, you know, look at it in that perspective. I think we always have to be willing to learn and be open uh, to take on new ideas and new challenges. So I continue to be, um, I don't know, in many ways, uh, a learning sheriff or a learning police officer. Right. So, Sheriff, we saw another uh, debate this week, and obviously politics is always influencing almost every aspect of life these days. Uh, But police reform has been a big topic throughout this presidential debate and throughout 2020. Um, As you watch these debates and we go through this election season, um, do you, in your opinion, how much influence does a presidential election have on here in in the middle of America, uh, in a place like Jefferson County, how much does a presidential election affect your day-to-day job at all or tremendously? Well, I think, the, look, let's be honest. I think the results of this election are going to be huge. Uh, this is one of the most important elections in our history. Um, you know, we are going from uh, a situation in the past, I think, that we had some divisive politics, and it created an atmosphere uh, where the police were the bad guys. And I think moving forward, um, we need to elect a president that supports police. I believe it's uh, kind of the foundation of our democracy. We have to have law and order. We have to have rule of law. And uh, I think this is a very important election. Go ahead, Bo. I think that uh, a conversation that I had with the Major K-Squad, uh, Steve Lewis, uh, one of the board members over there, you're, and your, your department is part of the Major K-Squad, yeah? Yeah, I know Steve. I'm on the board of directors as well. Uh, he 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 and I had a conversation, and and it bugs me now because now we're not even seeing uh, riots or looting or things going on on the news because it's like the news agencies are just done with them. But when when news pundits get on and they go, ninety nine percent of police officers are good, and I, you know I actually thought about that. You, 1% of police officers are not bad. It's not even one full percent. It's got to be like the coronavirus, like a, like a, a quarter or a, a hundredth of a percent of bad cops because like you, you were drawn to the the field, you wanted to protect and serve, and that's how you did it. Would you agree that it's less, it's way less than 1% of bad actors out there? I agree. I think, um, look, there's so many 
good police officers out there sacrificing every single day to serve their community. Yeah. And I believe it, and I work with them. Um, I, I've worked with them not only in our organization, but in other organizations throughout the area and across the country. So I'm going to agree with you, Bo, 110%. I think um, there, there is a very small component of law enforcement and as leaders. Um, we need to take an aggressive approach, uh, figure out who they are and when opportunity presents itself and uh, to rid our organizations of those people. And, and I, I think every CEO of a law enforcement agency across this country would agree um, that that needs to be done. I think uh, moving forward with the Missouri Post Commission, we had a meeting earlier this week. One of the things that we're going to tackle is problem police officers and the fact that throughout the state of Missouri, there still is not a comprehensive or even a requirement for a background investigation before a law enforcement agency hires a police officer. And I think that's something over the next uh, six weeks we're going to try and tackle and give some recommendations to the director of the Department of Public Safety uh, to implement those changes to make sure that we can become even more professional than we are. And and you know what? It's because police officers are human beings. And yeah, there's there's some bad people that are police officers because there's bad people in every single walk of life in every or some industry. Some people just having a bad day. Yeah, in every industry you go into, there's going to be a small minority of bad people, and it's th- the job of every of every industry to try to root those people out and not let them have influence, you know, for their selfish reasons or whatever they're up to. And it, it's it's uh, there's bad people in the communications and, and there's bad people in the media and there's bad people uh, that are part of different corporations. And it, 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 that's just the human experience. And it, I, it, it's your job to, to try to limit the influence that those bad people have. It's no different than anywhere else. I agree. We will always have, uh, look, we're talking about the human element. We will we'll always have challenges. You will always have questionable police shootings. Uh, you'll never rid that because we're talking about humans making decisions in split seconds. There's a lot of external and internal factors that contribute to that. So I think you'll always have that. But I think, you know, from the, the, the flip side of that coin is we have a responsibility as leaders to you know, make sure we're hiring good quality people uh, to serve our communities. And, you know, what I know is if, uh, if I hire bad people, eventually they do bad things. And so I think it's important moving forward that we, you know, vet the process a little bit more comprehensively and uh, really try to recruit quality candidates and uh, and help departments across the state uh, to improve upon that. Sheriff, sure, only got a couple minutes left, but I want to give you I want to give you a chance to give an example of some of the ideas that that of of police reform that you would be able to get behind. We hear a lot of ideas all the way to the extreme of defund the police and and send therapists on 911 calls instead of police officers, which is ridiculous. Um, are, there, are, are there some um, measures that you, that you could get behind? Without a doubt. I think, um, you know, again, as I shared, there needs to be some additional checks and balances in place for uh, new recruits and new hires. We need to stop uh, some troubled employees from jumping from organization to organization. I think there a number of things that can be done for that. I think when we talk about defunding the police, I think so many people have figured out uh, that they cannot look through law enforcement lens in a myopic view or very short-sighted because these are real issues. These are big problems. Uh, and if you start to defund police or you take away, there's going to be consequences, and the consequences are going to be real. And they're going to be felt um, in terms of response times and the, the, the type of quality that you want. I think 
moving forward, we're going to have to invest more in police if you're wanting quality, not less. That is Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County. Sheriff, it's always great to talk with you. Thanks for your time, and look forward to talking to you again real soon. Have a good day, gentlemen. Back at you. All right, we need to take another quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk to Jacob Paulson from the uh, Concealed Carry Incorporated. He's got, uh, is it a book, Bo? Right? It's a book. Uh, He's got a lot of stuff. He's got a book. (laughs) He's got a great website as well. Yeah, and we're going to talk to him about all the different laws, uh, the Second Amendment laws throughout the country, and how important it is to know that stuff, especially if you are traveling at all. So don't go anywhere. We'll talk to Jacob Paulson when we get back. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Little Van Halen music there for you. Shocking, Bo. I don't know if, how big of a Van Halen fan you you oh. are, but I was uh, I was shocked by the news. I knew Eddie had been sick, and you know he, he battled with throat cancer was pretty uh, well documented. But um, oh, I yeah. didn't realize that he was in the condition. I guess that that he was, and that was. Um, some sad news this week about I've editing. been wearing my spandex ever since I heard the news. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Multicolored. No, he, he influenced my life as a child. I mean, as a teenager, man, that was Van Halen was Van Halen for crying out loud. Yeah, so no kidding. Big so, loss there, but nice, nice touch, Chad. Yeah, we're going to be, um, uh, don't forget about our podcast exclusive. I want to remind folks that we have uh, the two podcasts every week. The show podcast goes out on Friday. Podcast exclusive goes out on Monday. And this week on the podcast exclusive, we're going to be talking fishing with our buddy Mike Marfell. And we're going to be talking about how much time we still have to enjoy the great outdoors in 2020 as, you know, the seasons are changing and things like that. And, of course, anytime we're talking about the great outdoors here on Second Amendment Radio, it's brought to you by Razor. Back Armory, got to protect yourself. And Razorback Armory is a full service firearm shop. They strive to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. If you want to customize it, these are the boys. Razorbackarmory.com. Get directions and information there and tell them Bo sent you when you go in to Razorback Armory. And now, as I mentioned, we are going to bring into the conversation Jacob Paulson from Concealed Carry Inc. And uh, Jacob, we appreciate uh, your time today. It's great to talk with you. How's it going? Doing great. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, you bet. There's, um, We were just talking a little bit off the air before we got started here. There's so many different directions that we can go in. Um, here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, um, we have talked many times throughout the uh, years of this show um, about how important it is to know your Second Amendment rights and particularly to know the, the various gun laws um, just because you have, we're here obviously in in Missouri and St. Louis, and just because you have your concealed carry permit for the state of Missouri, that doesn't mean that you can take a road trip and travel all over the country with your gun. Um, you, you might get into some trouble if you don't realize uh, the various laws while you're traveling, and um, uh, that's kind of your your focus in some of the stuff that you've put together: the book, the website, the app. Um, so I'll let you take it from there. How, how important in your eyes is it that uh, that people who love the Second Amendment 
have this knowledge so they don't get themselves in any kind of trouble? Now, I consider it mission critical. I think that what we mm. see is a lot of gun owners who feel like, well, you know, the Second Amendment is my permit or it is my right. And while certainly, you know, I'm, I'm a true constitutionalist, in my opinion, uh, the Second Amendment should be interpreted to mean that we can all order, you know, Gatling guns from the Sears catalog and have them delivered to our doorstep. That's obviously not <laughs> the actual case. And so if we want to be responsible citizens, we want to advocate for whatever it is we want to advocate for, we need to follow the laws that are in place, whether we agree with them or not. And, and gun laws, it happens to be, varies enormously from state to state. And I'm speaking specifically about the laws that regulate the possession and use of a gun. Uh, Self-defense law is actually quite similar from state to state. That's a, maybe a different topic. But gun law, the laws that, that uh, determine when and how you can possess a gun, that just varies enormously. Go ahead, well, I love the name of the book, Legal Boundaries by State, the Travel Guide for American Gun Owners. Uh, it's available on your website. And, and somebody sent me a link to it, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we have got to talk to this guy. Then uh, I go to your your website, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've got so much great information for anybody that has questions. You had uh, uh, not active shooter training, but you have, you have shooter training uh, videos that are on there. Very thorough. Uh, so congratulations on a very thorough website for anybody that supports the Second Amendment. But uh, how long ago did you guys come up with this idea for legal boundaries by state? Yeah, so as a, as a company, concealedcarry.com, you know, we've been around for a little over a decade. And, and we, we, for better or for worse, we determined that we would be the destination resource for American gun owners. So anything you think you should be able to find on a website called concealedcarry.com, we attempted to have that there. And so we've had for some time uh, legal resources and legal, legal reference material. You know, for, for many years, you've been able to go to the website and just, you know, click on a, you know, laws, click on Missouri and get a summary of Missouri gun laws. But, you know, for better or for worse, people sometimes need a resource that's not a website, uh, whether they need a mobile app, which we also have. But the book was an interesting one because we were talking to uh, a lot of customers who said, well, do you just have a book? Like, do you have a way you can just print this? And, and for one, that maybe is helpful because a lot of people are traveling and they're in a place where they don't have internet service and they still need to be able to reference the, the material when they're crossing state lines in the back countries of you know, West Virginia or something or Kansas. Uh, I was in Kansas last weekend. Uh, so they, they need to be able to reference those gun laws. And so the book became a necessity uh, dictated by the customers. And we released the first issue in May uh, 2019, so a little over a year ago. Jacob, is it is it state lines? Is it uh, county lines? Like, how often can gun laws change as you're, you know, traveling on a highway? I mean, can you can it literally change every ten minutes if you're if you're crossing into different counties? Yeah, so it's a good question. So, the, probably the key to answering this question is understanding the concept of a firearm preemption law. So firearm preemption law is, is the term we use to, to refer to a state statute that effectively prevents local jurisdictions like cities and counties from passing additional incremental laws that, that cause them to have differing gun laws than the rest of the state. And so some states have a firearm preemption law in, in place. For example, you guys are in Missouri. In Missouri, there is a preemption statute in place. Um, the only thing that's excluded is open carry. So a local jurisdiction in Missouri can regulate open carry, but, but the city of St. Louis cannot regulate anything else related to guns because there's a state statute that says they can't. So for the, for the most part, the, the majority of states have 
firearm preemption laws in place that that generally create what is what is mostly a uniform set of gun laws for an entire state. That's not always the case. Uh, some famous examples that I'll point out that most people are probably aware of are places like Chicago. Chicago has enormous variance in gun laws from the re- rest of the okay. state of Illinois. Yeah. And New York City would be another one. All the major, uh, I think there's seven uh, counties in the city of New York. So all of those also have some massive variance in gun laws from the rest of the state of New York. So there are some states where there is no preemption law or preemption laws are effectively uh, discounted or, or you know, not observed. But for the most part, state laws are pretty uniform. Jacob Paulson is our guest on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, and it's shows like ours uh, here in the Midwest on two different radio stations to get the word out about these things, about uh, Second Amendment and what laws are changing, what they're trying to change. And on your website, you also have podcasts. So I think we're part of the same team. You've got the Concealed Carry podcast, the Firearm uh, Trainers podcast, off-duty, on-duty podcast, which I think is intriguing. And the other one I like is Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast, probably something for everybody, uh, but your website is very thorough with information. And again, I mentioned the videos. So much I learned, and I've, I've been around firearms all my life, so hats off to you guys for doing a great job. Uh, you, you said you've been around over a, you've been, you've been around over a decade, you said. Uh, were you at the beginning of this, uh, this, this project, uh, concealedcarry.com? Yep. Yep. I'm the founder. So I've been mm. I've been here since day one. And initially we were just a training organization. Uh, we had a, a number of instructors across varying states. And uh, today that that's part of our business is about 50 instructors strong in about 25 states. Uh, but we've evolved considerably. In 2015, we added the e-commerce part of our business. We started selling product today. Today, we now warehouse and ship about 600 products uh, that people can order on our website And then in 2016, we really launched the media portion of our business, which is probably what we're most known for. You know, it's the podcast that you mentioned, the the YouTube channel, all the video content and the articles and all that kind of stuff. All great. Jacob, I can't can't help but uh, ask you the uh, political question and, you know, in the polarized election season that we're in right now. Um, how how important is it for people to have the knowledge of what knowledge different of what? candidates might uh, think about Second Amendment rights and the changes they may make to them? How important is it to get out there and vote to make sure that you support your set, you know, to keep your Second Amendment rights? Yeah, you need to vote. If you, if, <laughs> you better vote. Um, I think that there's some some misinformation out there, uh, generally speaking, by the populace relative to what the president can do to affect gun rights. Mm. In some ways, we were wrong in some things we say, and we're right in other things we say. But uh, a really kind of timely example is the the passing of a recent Supreme Court justice, right? So the next president's going to put in another Supreme Court justice. In the four years Trump has been in office, he's appointed the same number of justices to the same Supreme Court as Obama did in his eight years in office. So there's enormous impact on the Second Amendment rights. Uh, by being president, primarily through what you do with the Supreme Court. Um, The major inroads, the major progress we've made uh, relative to the way the Second Amendment is defined and interpreted have come all out of the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, for those who don't know, there's not that many federal gun laws. You have 1934 NFA, you have 1968 uh, Firearm Regulation Act, and you have 1986 Firearm Owner Protection Act. There are basically three federal gun laws on the books. There's not that many. The majority of the things that determine what the Second Amendment do does and does not mean come out of the Supreme Court. We have the Heller decision, we have the Heller two decision, we have the McDonald decision, and we have some things that are even more recent than that. So make no mistake, 
the next president will have significant impact on the Second Amendment because of their control and power to appoint people or nominate people to the Supreme Court. Jacob, we're almost out of time. Uh, i got to remind people to check out the website, concealedcarry.com. The book is Legal Boundaries by State. And uh, real quick, in just about 60 seconds, tell people about the app if that's something that they want to get. Yeah, you need to download our app. It's free, concealedcarry.com forward slash app, or just go into the App Store or Google Play and search for Concealed Carry. It'll be in the top three results. The full name of the app is Concealed Carry Gun Tools. But the app is free. It has no ads in it. Uh, it, You can access all of our articles, all of our podcasts you can listen to right there in the app. You can access almost all of our legal reference information and material. So most of the the information that's in the book we previously discussed is also in the app. Uh, Also in the app, of course, you can shop our store, but you can uh, pull up reciprocity maps. You can create customized reciprocity maps. If if some of your listeners may have multiple permits, maybe they have their Missouri permit, they also have a Florida or a Virginia or Arizona or Utah permit, you can put all that information, it'll spit out your reciprocity map. And and one feature that a lot of people don't know about that's in that app is you can actually search for uh, gun-related businesses near you. So you, we have now a little over 90,000 businesses in that directory. So it'll pull up your location and it'll say, hey, here are the gun stores, gun ranges, gun smiths, and gun-free zones near you. And so I think we have now, of those 90,000 businesses in there, there's like 70,000 are gun-free zones, businesses that prohibit guns. So that's quite the, that's quite the resource all in your pocket for free. So no yeah, kidding. go download that now. That is, that is tremendous. That is a ton of information. And we appreciate your time, Jacob Paulson. Again, you can get information about the app and the podcasts and the book and everything at concealedcarry.com. Jacob, thanks for your time. I hope we get a chance to talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all you do. You bet. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. If you missed anything, don't forget to download our podcast. You can get our podcast just about anywhere you get podcasts, but I recommend the Radio.com app. And don't forget to also download this week's podcast exclusive when it comes out on Monday. For our producer, Chad Ellis, and my partner, Bo Matthews, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.